0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Christmas Eve, Friday, December 24th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek, but this time out, a bit of a different conversation. We focus on getting to know the mayor on a more personal level, in particular, her favourite traditions she takes part in during the holiday season.
1: Then we head stateside for an update on the current state of COVID-19 with the Omicron variant on the rise, bringing case numbers higher than they've been in months. We get the latest from Jackson Prosco, Washington Bureau Chief for Global News.
0: Next, it's a fact of life living in Alberta during the winter months, dry, cracked skin. We speak with a Calgary-based dermatologist for some tips to help bring our skin back to life during these cold, dry months ahead.
1: And finally, tis the season to indulge, but what if you're trying to maintain somewhat of a healthy diet during the holidays? We speak with Dr. Julie Gatza from the Florida Wellness Institute for some tips and tricks to make sure your holiday snacking is both enjoyable and somewhat healthy. Good King Wenceslas looked
2: out on the feast of Stephen When the snow lay round about deep and crisp and even Brightly shone the moon at night Though the frost was cruel When a poor man came in sight
0: It's Christmas Eve, so we'll give her a break on the tough stuff. But instead, we wanted to get to know Calgary's mayor a little bit better on the day before Christmas. We say good morning on this Friday, as we normally do at this time, to Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Good morning, mayor. How are you? Good morning. Merry Christmas Eve. I am just great. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Merry Christmas Eve to you. Now, we brought you in playing your favourite Christmas song, Good King Wenceslas. So tell us a little bit about why that's your favourite Christmas song.
3: It just always reminds me of going Christmas caroling when I was living in Nipah, Manitoba. I lived there in grades three, four, and five. And um, as part of our brownies group, we would go to the seniors' lodges. Um, There's the Lion's Manor and a couple of others all in a row. And it would be absolutely freezing Mm -hmm. because you could never have a warm Christmas. And we'd all be, you know, double bundled up. And that was just one of my favorite songs. It was There's a line in the song that talks about the king walking and he asks uh, his knave that's with him to mark his footsteps so that he would be less cold. And that's what it reminds me of. Nice.
1: May you're lucky we don't have more time because you mentioned Christmas caroling and we'd get you to sing a song for us. <laughs> so you've lucked out this time. God's we can't here.
3: do that to people. Uh, well, that's, there's, the always,
1: there's always next year, okay? And I'm writing this down. <laughs> uh, one of the things we're focusing on is obviously Christmas traditions of Calgarians. We do know that the star of the show for Christmas is Christmas dinner when it comes to food. But the unsung hero, and a very important one, is breakfast Christmas morning. A lot of Calgarians are uh, texting us in their traditions. Do you have a favorite Christmas morning uh, meal that you folks eat?
3: You know, Eggs Benedict is my absolute favorite Mm, breakfast. I think it's good for lunch and supper as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband prepares just an amazing one. So sometimes we have it on Boxing Day. Sometimes we have it Christmas morning but he always goes through the trouble of making everything just spectacular.
0: So I look forward to that. Yum. Sounds delicious. Let's talk a little bit about when you were a kid, what was Christmas like at your house? Christmas was interesting when I was a kid because, I mean, we're not Christian,
3: but my parents were very interested in making sure that I got to share the excitement that the other kids uh, were having during the holidays and the Christmas season. Uh, I always had presents. Um, I remember opening up one, wondering what this bubble-shaped thing was, and it was a record player with a plastic lid. Cool. I used that thing, I, like, I swear, for 10 years, because you could play your 45s on it. It already had that little middle piece. So my parents were really pretty awesome people, making sure that I got to celebrate the way other kids did. We had a fake tree that we put together. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but you know how it had the post with the different colored holes in it, and then you had to match up the colors on the pegs of the the leaves of the tree. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: yes. It never looked good, but it was fun. It was fun. And I had the same, I had the plastic uh, uh, record, uh, the, the player with the plastic cover you had to put on, and if you ever dropped that on the ground, you didn't have that lid anymore because it was <laughs> no. Up, like <laughs> uh, getting a little serious here, and I mean, this is the second Christmas, and I know Calgarians, uh, well, everybody across the globe was not expecting have another interrupted Christmas and although we can't do what we'd like to do, getting together large Christmas parties with with family and friends and maybe co-workers, if you will, um, really, I, I, I think personally this is a chance to focus on what's most important and that is spending time. with smaller groups, but with those people you know close to you, is, is that the kind of attitude that you're taking on this year?
3: It has to be the kind of attitude that we're taking on. I mean it's it's rough. a lot of people had vacations planned, a lot of people, had plans with family and friends, um, you know, with a lot of people gathered together. And I know we've all had to change and adjust what we thought Christmas would look like this year. But I'll remind everybody too, for anybody that's in a position like mine where I have a roof over my head, I have the ability for my family to be fed every day, just think about folks that are not in that position this year. And if you can, please go out and help with some outreach work help out in one of the many kitchens or you know food bank um drives that we have this year just think about the folks that do not have the things we have and let's try to come together and do something not just right now in the moment but let's not forget those folks over the course of the year and see what we can do about improving everyone's
0: life. I love that. You know, uh, I don't know if you heard about our, our mitten project that we did here at the radio station, uh, Andy and I, and, and every, all the announcers, asking Calgarians to drop off brand new mitts and gloves that we were donating to Be The Change YYC, which I know you're a big supporter of as well. 162 pairs of mittens we gathered, so people really did their part to to, you know, a little bit here and there, right? It makes a huge difference when we all come together.
3: It does, and you know what? I can tell you those mitts and gloves went to good use because once they were through those, they were using socks for people who didn't have mitts and gloves. That's an organization that my family and I did outreach with, and it changes your view of homelessness. It changes your view of addiction and mental health Mm -hmm. issues, and it makes us realize that you have to be compassionate because there's been a crisis or trauma that got someone to that position, and we have to figure out ways to help them out.
1: uh, We talked about the Christmas music. Uh, Christmas movies. It seems like everybody has a favorite Christmas or holiday movie for that matter. Is there one movie that you have to revisit every year or that sticks with you, maybe from your childhood?
3: (laughs) From my childhood, there's always the Christmas specials that you watch on TV. You know, the ones with the super creepy, frosty, and Rudolph. (laughs) And, and, you know, I went to um, Kimmy's Happy Christmas at Arts Commons a couple of weeks ago. And it was Tim Tamashiro talking about his 1974 Christmas, complete with the Sears wish book. Um, And he just brought back a lot of memories of those Christmas specials, like the the Snoopy and Charlie Brown Mm -hmm. special and the Grinch. But I would say as far
0: as movies go, Christmas vacation just takes it every time love it okay well we know your movies we know what you're having for breakfast uh by the way your favorite song good king wenceslas gail was asking um what is the feast of Stephen anyway she thinks it's cinnamon buns and mimosas so i don't think we can argue with that oh my goodness (laughs) that is the smartest answer i've ever heard (laughs) i agree merry christmas to you mayor thanks so much for joining us have a wonderful holiday with your family and we'll uh we've chatted with you again in 2022 sounds good merry christmas to everyone jody gondek calgary mayor
2: will now bless the poor shout yourselves find blessing.
1: Omicron cases continue to rise in the US ahead of Christmas with details on this and everything happening south of the border we turn to global news Washington bureau chief Jackson Prosco good morning to you Jackson good morning well, let's talk about this. It seems to me, uh, you know, from our side of the border, the holidays have been going off without a hitch in the U.S. for quite some times. But now uh, we've got Omicron. Are the, uh, the Omicron fears hampering holiday plans at all in the U.S.?
4: They are and they aren't. I think there's so much pent-up demand for people to gather and travel after not doing that last year that you're going to have a lot of people who press ahead with their travel plans every way and anyway, and we're seeing... Uh, you know, travel numbers, sort of what they should be pre-pandemic. I mean, we're back to to setting records for air travel, for example. Uh, But at the same time, yeah, there's a lot of concern about this. And we have seen massive lines for testing and massive shortages of the rapid at-home tests, which, of course, the experts say, uh, you know, out, out of abundance of caution, you should do before gathering with family and friends. So I think there's a sense that a lot of people are worried we're also starting to see more and more business closures, not because of government mandates, because, but because so many people are sick simultaneously, mm-hmm. the places simply have to shut down. And that includes testing clinics in places like New York.
0: Yeah, we're having a lot of that happening here, too. The, the test kits, it's almost like none of the governments were prepared once they said, hey, we're going to start handing out these test kits. Oh, wait, we don't actually have enough of them. And how about boosters in the U.S., Jackson? Is it a big push on for booster shots, right?
4: Yeah, you know, the push has been on for a while now, but I think there was always some confusion about who should get them and when. And and basically what happened was in the fall, President Biden told people to go and get them as soon as possible, but then regulators were a little slow to actually approve them for people. And now we're in a place where uh, only about 30% of the population has had their boosters. And of course, we're seeing more and more breakthrough cases, both amongst fully vaccinated and amongst boosted people. So I think there's a general sense that anything that can be done to blunt the wave at this point is needed. Uh, But boy, you look at the numbers, they are astonishing at this point. And it just sort of seems like everybody knows somebody who is sick right now. All
1: right. With those numbers higher and Omicron and moving on through, it seems like all corners of the globe. What are the COVID models now for the U.S.? Have they been adjusted to, to include Omicron?
4: They have, and, you know, there's a suggestion broadly that we will see far more cases per day than we have at any other point in the pandemic. Certainly, we're seeing that in places like here in Washington, which is the worst place in the U.S. for COVID right now. Uh, You know, the old record as of uh, before last week was around 400 cases per day. Remember, we're small. We're about 700,000. This week, we're seeing numbers of 1,300, 1,500 a day. I mean, it is just stratospheric at this point. But the good news is hospitalizations aren't ticking up yet. And I think that's what people are holding on to Mm -hmm. here as hopeful that uh, perhaps there is less worry about strain on hospitals from sick people. And instead, the strain will come from people being sick and unable to work in hospitals.
0: Jackson, what can you tell us about the new COVID treatments that we're hearing about from Pfizer and Merck and just recently authorized by the FDA?
4: Yeah, there's sort of a good news, bad news scenario here. The good news is that the Pfizer pill in particular has shown to be about 90% effective at keeping at-risk patients from developing severe COVID and ending up in a hospital or even dying. The bad news, though, is that it is an incredibly complex pharmaceutical to make, and that means that supplies are going to be very, very limited. And with that in mind, the FDA on Thursday also authorized a similar treatment from Merck, but that one has shown to be far less effective, something like uh, 20 to 30% effective. Uh, And essentially the FDA is saying, hey, we're approving this, But only use this if there is nothing else available, if there's no other choice, because the efficacy is just pretty low at this point. And I think the headline with both these treatments is that while they are potentially promising, they are not a substitute for getting vaccinated and avoiding the virus in the very first place.
1: This is uh, something that shocked me as we switch gears and talk about President Joe Biden. One year, we're talking about? (laughs) The one-year mark? It seems like it's been just a couple of months to begin with. But, you know, the approval ratings of President Joe Biden have taken a beating. They've plummeted. Uh, Why is that?
4: Yeah, you know, I think it comes down to a couple of things. One is that people assume that they were voting for things to magically get better. Uh, But the fact of the matter is that Biden has been sort of stymied by a lot of factors beyond his own control, including Omicron and the pandemic. And, of course, his big promise was to get this under control. uh, Kind of hard to do in these conditions. So I think uh, maybe there was a bit of overpromise under deliver there. But there's also things like the economy, which has really dragged him down, right? And concerns mm-hmm. about rising consumer prices and inflation and supply chain shortages. Again, things that are not necessarily in his control, but have hampered him quite badly. Uh, you've also got to remember that his domestic agenda, the big trillion dollars, uh, multi-trillion dollar spending packages, those are dead right now. They're, they're on hold because, uh, Democrats have such a slim majority in Congress and members of their own party are unwilling to go along with this kind of stuff. So, All those things added together have really hurt him in his first year, although you're actually seeing, you know, uh, even conservative commentators like David Frum come out and say, remarkably, given how much he's against Biden, the odds are against him, the slim majority in Congress. He has been fairly successful when you look at it objectively, but certainly a lot of Americans aren't feeling that right now in their day-to-day lives.
0: Another anniversary we want to talk on with you is the anniversary of that January 6th insurrection. Quickly approaching, what's the legacy left behind from that incident?
4: you know I think a couple of things one of course is ongoing concern that democracy is quite literally hanging by a thread here Uh, the uh, investigation in Congress is still underway we're seeing more and more subpoenas issued that seem to be getting closer and closer to former President Donald Trump himself and sort of the question of what did he know what was he telling people uh, what was he perhaps trying to do or coordinate on those days Uh, those are all the things that I think we'll see uh, attempts to answer here in the new year as for what the anniversary of January 6th is going to look like, I think, uh, you know, the Omicron variant may abandon uh, some of these plans here. But as of right now, uh, there's talk of sort of a formal uh, commemoration service uh, on Capitol Hill run by Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And Trump himself has said that he plans to hold a press conference on that day where, you know, he's going to relitigate all the lies about mm-hmm. a stolen election. He's made that perfectly clear, but he is not giving up that fight. And in fact, many of his loyalists are going full steam ahead with some sort of attempt to overturn the 2020 election a year later, uh, even though there is no mechanism to actually do that.
1: And just before we let you go, Jackson, a holiday for us, a holiday for you. And for those people who don't know, you are a Canadian. So I'm wondering, what are your plans? Have they changed? What are you doing for the holidays?
4: Yeah, well, the plan had originally been to uh, head to Mexico to a resort,
1: but Mm -hmm. change
4: those plans because (laughs) uh, not that I'm worried about getting seriously ill, but, uh, you know, these days, international travel depends on not testing positive. And I think uh, personally for me, the risk of potentially testing positive, not being able to fly home and being stuck in a really warm, lovely place, which is not (laughs) worth it, unfortunately. So sticking closer to home for the holidays and modifying my plans at the last minute like a lot of folks, I think.
0: Well, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Hope Santa is good to you. And uh, thanks always for being a part of our show in 2021. We look forward to 2022 with
4: you. You as well. It's always a pleasure. I wish you guys both the best over the holidays.
0: And to you. Thanks, Jackson. Jackson Prosco, Washington Bureau Chief for Global News.
1: As we get ready for the holidays, a Calgary dermatologist is reminding us to look after our bodies and our skin while we celebrate. Joining us now is dermatologist Dr. Nicole Hawkins of Dermapure. Good morning to you, Dr. Hawkins.
5: Good morning.
1: All right. So do you have some helpful hints for us as we get ready to go to holiday parties and what they may look like and and play outside in the cold and the snow? What should we be concerned about when it comes to our skin care?
5: Well, I think in Calgary here, we all know it's very dry. So, um making sure that we're well hydrated, drinking lots of water and protecting our skin from the elements is really important. So, using a good moisturizer, and then as well remembering our sunblock, especially if we're out on the mountains having a ski. You know, you talk about drinking
0: lots of water. It is so dry here, and my hands always crack in the winter, and I feel like my skin is always dry. Does it it really help, and how much water do we need to consume to have any kind of effect here in this dry province of ours?
5: So that's a very good question. I don't know if there's any magic number. It certainly varies from person to person. But um, what I always try to remember in the holiday season in particular is if we're out and, you know, you're outdoors all day, try to have your bottle of water with you. And particularly at Christmas parties or holiday parties, any sort of gatherings, I mean, Right now, we're not really gathering as much as we used to, but um, to try to space out alcoholic beverages and and remember to have uh, a glass of water or uh, soda between... between those alcoholic beverages, just to make sure that we're not drying out our bodies, overtaxing our liver, and then ultimately affecting the health of our skin.
1: Mm-hmm. Something I've never thought of, uh, Doctor Hawkins, but I'm seeing this on a on the list here. Sleep. Uh, how does that influence our skin health, and, and why is an important night's sleep or consistency in our sleep important to our skin?
5: Mm-hmm. So the sleep sleep is the time for our bodies and our brains to you know rest and regenerate and. And really, that's when, when all these repair happens to our skin. So um, be, it, it, sleep is important because this is this is your time to undo maybe some of that damage that you did during the day. Um, so, again, it all comes down to keeping hydrated. If you are using any sort of night cream, say a retinol or an antioxidant, that really helps your, your skin regenerate at night. Trying to, again, limiting... Um, over-imbibing and alcoholic beverages because those also can interrupt your sleep cycle. You wake up, you've got the puffy eyes and dry skin. So so really trying to, if not every single night during the holidays, because I know we're all going to enjoy ourselves, but at least every couple of nights, really try to get a full eight hours, have a big glass of water before bed, put on a nice, rich moisturizer, and really just, you know, um, treasure that rest.
0: Dr. Hawkins, you've mentioned a night cream a couple of times. Is is that something that we should add into? And if we don't have one yet, do we create a, a beauty routine? And this would, I assume, go for men and women?
5: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So men and women. It, it does, again, it, my my, uh, my advice to my patients is it doesn't have to be fancy. There's great uh, products available at the drugstore, at Costco. And then, of course, we have uh, higher end products like um, medical grade skincare, whatever one that you like and that fits your budget. It really can help infuse moisture into the skin, add antioxidants and things that help protect your skin in the daytime, and then also active at nighttime, like a retinol, um, that can really help uh, eat, undo uh, sun damage and help with anti-aging.
1: Some great tips, some great suggestions, because yeah, it can be basically even downright painful <laughs> with our skin this time of the year. So we appreciate your time, Dr. Hawkins.
5: Thank you very much for having me.
1: Thank you. That is Dr. Nicole Hawkins, dermatologist at Dermapure. You can find out more about what she does at Dermapure.com.
0: Tis the season to pig out, really. So how can we get through these holidays without eating our weight and calories? Joining us now with some great tips and tricks for healthy eating over the holiday period is Dr. Julie Gatza. We call her Dr. Julie. She's the co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute. Good morning, Dr. Julie. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. It's important we talk about this because we'll be going to parties, whether they're at our own home, somewhere else's, maybe some people even have office parties over the holidays. So you've got some tips and tricks and rules to help us eat a little more healthily. Let's get into it with rule number one, that you should really only eat when you're hungry. And you said that there's a simple reason why that sits at the top of the list in that it is one that we really need to pay attention to, even though it seems so simple. Well, it's true. I mean, a lot of us are eating by
2: the clock. Some of us need six meals a day. Some of us just need one. And if you sort of find out what that is for your body type and what you uh, can do, there's intermittent fasting that people are doing. So, you know, goof around with it. Just because it's noon doesn't mean you have to have lunch. The one thing that I would say, though, is if you're not doing some special diet, make sure that you're eating protein in the morning. Cereal and coffee and bagels and uh, sending your kids off to go be smart. And get along and understand um, is not going to cut it for them if they're eating cereal in the morning. And same thing for you at work and trying to get along with everyone throughout the day.
1: The other one, you know, is the holidays. So many tempting foods, so (laughs) many tempting treats. And, yeah, it's a different time. I mean, we don't look at the clock anymore eating only when you're hungry is something that you very much believe in and i know you're going to you know you talked about that and covered that for us but how do we avoid you know i am full but that looks so good those calories won't matter you think that they don't matter because it's a sweet or it's a holiday dish
2: well it's true and you know most of us have something going on digestive digestively that's not optimal. Um, we're experiencing gas or bloating, or indigestion, heartburn. Um, any one of those things simply means something's not right. I've been giving a high quality digestive enzyme for years with my patients because it wrings the most nutrition out of their food and it also satisfies hunger. A lot of times we're eating and we can't get the nutrients in from what we're eating, whether it's good or what's on the plate isn't so great, but we still are trying to get nutrition from it. When you take something like absorbade, it actually breaks down that food, it triggers nutrition into the body at a cellular level and turns off, I must eat more, I'm so hungry, because of the fact most of us are eating because we're starving, we're not getting nutrients from our food. Mm. So this, this, across the board, satisfies that for people. So people can lose weight, have more energy, they can sleep better, but anytime you're battling a weight problem whatsoever or energy
0: problem, it's generally because you're starving. Interesting. Okay. Uh, how about this one? Because I find it fascinating. You talk about chewing 22 times, even when we're having a protein drink. What do you mean by that?
2: Well, I picked 22 because you can remember it. And the reason being is if you really take a look at what you're doing at a meal, you're acting more like a dog than a human. We're chewing a couple of times, swallowing it whole, putting another bite in, looking at our phones, watching TV, and no one's actually eating properly. So that means put it in your mouth and chew it. Count it out to 22. You'll realize how much sooner than that that you're actually trying to swallow more whole food. And now you're putting that into your digestive system and you're asking the body, hey, guys, try to get the most nutrition you can out of that undigested steak. Good luck. So it's a lot better. You'll fill up faster. You'll eat less. You won't be as hungry. And you'll get more nutrients when you actually chew your food.
1: I'm wondering, and I know that uh, something that I've looked at this past year is, you know, eating healthier and, in, uh, you know, restricting calories a little bit more, actually paying attention to calories for the first time in my life. Is this something that, you know, we should look at? Like, for example, if I'm going to a holiday function in the afternoon and I know it's going to be a huge spread, I should be more cognizant of the meals and what I'm eating ahead of that to, to kind of save space and my daily uh, caloric intake?
2: Well, what I would tell you to do is eat a full meal before you go mm.
0: oh.
1: and make
2: it mostly protein. That way you don't go starving. Eat a a protein meal, which is the best thing you can possibly do. Throw some vegetables in. Now go to that, and you won't be such a pig. (laughs) You'll
1: you'll sit (laughs)
2: back. You'll enjoy eating more. You won't just be consuming food because it's just hard on your gut and yourself to do that.
0: This is an interesting one, another tip that you have for us. Don't eat overly cooked or overly processed foods. So I can get behind the overly processed. I think we all kind of know we're supposed to be more cognizant of that. But why not eating overly cooked foods? Because all the nutrition's
2: out once it's been cooked, over, overdone. So if you're a vegetable person, you know, um, steam or roast or do something to your vegetables just to they're crispy. You don't want to get them so dead and limpy that there's just not much to it. It's sort of like, you know, eating vegetables out of a can. What kind of nutrition do you really think is in there at this point? Not much. It's just a vegetable that looks like something. So, you know, you just don't want to overcook. Of course, we don't want to eat raw chicken and things like Mm -hmm. that. So you do want to cook your your meat. But, you know, those who like their steak well done, okay, that's a preference. But you're not getting a lot of nutrition from a well-done steak.
1: Dr. Julie, I'm wondering how people can contact you for more information. Do you have a website with some of these tips and some of these suggestions or on social? Where where do we find you?
2: There's a website called naturesources.com, and they can read about the absorbate, the different ways that that nutrient comes in place and and how you can take it. I recommend it for children, for elderly, for yourself. It basically gives you the most bang for your buck every time you're eating. And rather than trying to take a whole bunch of other supplements, you take one that breaks down your food, and now you've got you know, the best of both worlds.
1: Dr. Gatza, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it.
2: Uh, thank you. Enjoy the holidays.
1: You too. That is Dr. Julie Gatza, co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to roll up to a Christmas function full. I want a sample. I do like what she said, though, when it comes to the alcoholic beverages, having a, a spacer, if you will, having a, a soda pop or a water. Between an alcoholic beverage, that is important, and and you know I I think that also if you watch what you eat during the day, then you can have more Christmas treats. And uh, you know Sue, I don't like I I, like I was saying I I don't think I would go in completely full like when she said eat a full meal before you go. No, you have to enjoy it. And if it's what I've heard in in the past year, we've talked a lot about health and fitness because for me it's it's the only thing I got right now because I'm not traveling or anything. Might as well try to take care of myself as I get a little long in the tooth, Um, but. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, it's eighty percent. If you're if you're good, eighty percent of the time. You know
0: what I was going to even say seventy percent. (laughs) So eighty is even better. If you're
1: good, fifty five percent of the time. If
0: you're one out of two times, something like that. (laughs) I don't know. But uh, you're right. Like this is a time where it's been a a rough go, right? In the last year and a half, two years. And if you're going to enjoy Christmas dinner, enjoy Christmas dinner. Yeah. Eat the gravy. Have extra butter. Eat the desserts. It's one day out of the year, maybe two. Enjoy it. Have Have, some
1: fun. uh, A full dinner of appetizers and chocolates and and your coffee cakes for a Christmas morning. Do what
0: you do. Enjoy it and be guilt-free about it. Just have a lovely Christmas, whatever it is you're doing with friends, with family, whatever it might be, and and enjoy what you're putting in your mouth and eating. And and, I mean, we don't eat like this year-round, so enjoy it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, maybe, and that's why it is a treat. I tell my kids, that's why we don't have mm-hmm. ice cream every meal because ice cream is a treat.
0: And I do believe on Christmas Day, everything is calorie-free that's anyway. True. So I think that's, that's a thing. That's true.
1: We'll have to, you know, maybe we can uh, talk to Santa. He's on the Ted Henley show at 3, <laughs> three o'clock and ask him that question because he would know. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast.
0: Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts.
1: And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 5.30 to 9.00 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.